Ask me to repeat that. Her life is in oh, your hands. Yeah. Her life is in your hands, dude. And report back to us as soon as it's done. Where the fuck are you going, man? Take the ringer. I'll drive. What? The what? The ringer. The ringer, dude. <laughs> Have they called yet? What the hell is this? My dirty undies, dude. Laundry. The whites. Walter, I'm sure there's a reason you brought your dirty undies, man. That's right, dude. The weight. The ringer cannot look empty. Walter, what the fuck are you thinking, man? You're right, dude. I got to thinking. I got to thinking. Why should we settle for a measly fucking we? 20 grand? What the fuck we? You said you just wanted to come along. My point, dude, is why should we... This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak, black emptiness of space. Providing insight. I don't know. She said that. <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the commentary. He's found himself in a world turned upside down. <laughs> Flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, Gutterball. To infinity and beyond. It seemed only fitting. You remember that phrase? I do. Okay. We're going to need a bigger boat. We are. We definitely are. This is, this is no pleasure cruise, Brad. We're not day-tripping out here. It's sharking. We're already on episode 33. I feel remiss again. Seems to be a common emotion I have when recording this podcast. A lot of remission that I have. Remiss again. Because we hit another milestone 25% of the way through the movie. Like, we blew past that. This is 118 really? minutes. We're at, what, 32, right? 30, or are we at 33? This is episode 33. 33, right? Yeah, so, so yeah, 29 and a half is the quarter way mark. We're way past according it. According to my little quick napkin calculation here. You got a napkin there with you. I do. I actually, I, I do. I have a napkin and I have one of those pencils. Here, listen. Can you hear that? Oh, it's a clicky pencil. It's like one of those clicky kind of pencils. Yeah. And I make little notes on the napkin while we talk. So you use fancy things pencils. things I might want to say or things to remember for later because I want to put them in the episode description or things like that. So even though you're sitting in front of a computer, you've got a napkin and a clicky pencil. Well, I started doing that. I just found it to be easier. That's easier. Just to fumbling real, with windows. Just, right. And jot it down real quick. Yeah. Well, then for the right part in the Google Doc to type, things like that. It jots some things down. And only, I would say, pretty good record. I would say about 50% of the time, I can read what I wrote. Because, I mean, do you use two hands? Do you hold the napkin with one hand, your left hand, and then write with your right hand? Or are you just like, this like willy-nilly? My palm, like, kind of like the, the base of my hand, the meat of my hand there kind of holds the napkin in place. Right. But then you have to like write in a way that's you're mostly 
writing away from that the fulcrum where your yes. hand is you're in the meat of your hand is well holding it's kind of like down. you have to write in kind of a bit of an a little slight bit of an arc yeah and sometimes strokes that you would normally take down you would have to do up it seems no, like I, I don't I, have that problem. You don't have that problem you because can, it all all it's all in the finger action. So you keep it light. It's a light touch. Yeah, I suppose. Because my tendency would be to just jab it in there. Like I need to get this down. Like my the tension in my hand would overcome me probably, and I would just tear the napkin to pieces. Well, I'm trying to have a light touch. I'm hmm. trying not to let the uh, you know the the scribbling bleed through onto the audio. I'm and a professional here. Well, and you have your mute button. Don't forget. Yeah, I, that's true. I haven't really thought. Of, I think that just might be too much. That to might coordinate. be th- too many things to think the, about. The mute button is just for like emergency sneezing or something like that. Yeah. pretty much. Like that's that's it. See, I don't have the luxury of a mute button because I don't I don't use the audio. From the um, internet connection, so it just it just blasts onto there. Whatever is happening is happening. So, well, do neither of your microphones have a mute button? Well, I or? could mute our uh, you know internet connection. I could okay. mute that, I suppose. I've never really yeah. There's a mute button, sure. Yeah, I see the mute button. Yeah, this is a hardware mute button I have on my microphone. Yeah, I do not have that. It is an always-on situation. I want to get back to napkins just real quick. I don't sure. need to spend too much time, but napkins, I think, because there's a lot of different napkins. Like, you can get, like, a McDonald's napkin. It's more of a, it's kind of a flat napkin that's folded up on itself many times. I guess most of them are, but it's a thinner material. But, like, a home napkin, you'd buy a pack of, like, Charmin's, not Charmin. That's t- that's toilet paper. What's a napkin like? Just one napkin brand. It doesn't have to be a funny one or a cool. Just any napkin um, brand. Do I have to I Google mean, napkin brand? Brawny. That's paper towels. They probably make napkins too. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, brawny. Yeah, that's a paper towel thing. Do they also make napkins? I imagine they do. Okay, nap. Oh no, nap Mac Mac App Store. Napkin. Concise image annotation. Maybe you need this app, Brad. I, I might. The I napkin can get rid app. of the napkin app. I can go digital with my napkin. Right. Yeah, I just... Ugh. Coronet? Oh, Coronet. There's one. But I, again, I think, aren't they primarily paper towels? Vanity Fair. Premium napkins. Most of these are like in, like Scott. Scott is one. Scott. Scott. With two T's. Yeah, I like Scott. But any, he does you, good work. You know how they are. They're like sort of, let's say bumpy. Almost like textured? bumpy. Yeah, they're textured. They're textured. They're like, um, like the Badlands. Like if you viewed the Badlands from an aerial view. Or there's a little section in Arizona that you fly over that has all these weird mounds. And you're probably at 25, 30,000 feet by the time you get over it if you're leaving from Vegas. And it's like, it looks like um, like skiing. Did you ever go skiing? No. Not, not really. Not, not a skier. Really. That would have been a terrible sight. 
I would have never skied again if I would have seen you barreling down the mountain at me. Well, yeah, I'm (laughs) sure you would have also witnessed my destruction at that same moment. So that may... So knowing that you were out of the picture may have been enough Yeah, you would have been clear. Yeah, I've been good to go. I can go skiing again. Like a double black diamond. I went down to Killington. I went on a skiing trip to Killington. And I lost my pole. I dropped it off the ski lift. It just fell down there. I'm on like a lesson by myself, just with... Not by myself, but without any, like, family members. I'm just in a strange place, and I'm just there. I dropped my pole. Damn it. Drop my... Fuck. I didn't say that. I didn't swear back then. I just said... I basically froze in horror, because now I'm, I'm a one-pole skier. And we get to the top of the mountain, and the instructor takes us to a double black diamond... And there's different reasons for double black diamond. Sometimes it's steepness, because you just get going god-awfully fast. Or sometimes it's steep, but it's also filled with moguls. These mounds. And it's just like a hellacious maze. A steep, hellacious maze that's frozen solid. (laughs) That you're sliding down on waxy pieces of metal or something. Like, it's a terrible... I hate skiing! Why did I do it so long? Got to the top and it's like, oh, we're going down a double black diamond and at Killington. I'd never been to anywhere outside of like, you know, the Poconos. And I got one pole. Which, let's face it, they don't do that much, but they make you feel good. They just make you feel good. You're holding something. You could ward things off with them. And I got one pole. And the instructor was just like, you know what, just leave it. It does you no good. Just leave it. Okay. It's all a lie. And then... So was he saying leave the other one? Yeah, leave so the other even. one. Right. Yeah. So, so you're even. Because you don't want to be too reliant on the one pole in your hand. And so I'm going down this double black diamond. I start down it. And I'm just like, okay. And my dad was like coming up the lift. And he looked down and he almost shat his pants. He's like, what the? <laughs> With no poles. The view of the Mogul Hill looked like the surface of a uh, Scott napkin, like blown up to a large degree. That was the only point of that story. I think I got you. Bumpy, ridgy, you know? Yes. So trying to write on that, is that the kind of napkin you have? Seems tough. It is not a Scott. It is like a, it is like a McDonald's napkin. I think it is, it is actually a McDonald's napkin. And do you unfold it all, or do you leave it in its like, sort of natural... It's left folded. Okay. Okay, we can move on from napkins. I don't need to talk about them. But I was curious about that. I didn't realize that was something you did. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's part of my MO. Hmm. Physical media. <laughs> that, that's some physical media right there. I do have a follow-up on physical media, if you care. Oh, yes, please. Have you... Heard about, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Cavivo? It's a, no. It's a, um, it's a cloud service a la Dropbox or Google Drive or what have you. But apparently it's, um, for two bucks a month, it's unlimited storage for all of your media. Oh. This is not an advertisement. But this is crazy. 
and it's as easy as dragging and dropping. Like you just boom, and there it is. I bet you I know how they get away with this. How do they do so that? So this is like a la Dropbox kind of a thing, right, right? Right. But it's for your media files. You can share it with your family. I mean, I just don't understand. So here's what Dropbox does, right? They deduplicate, deduplicate data. Did you say deduplicate? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to understand that. So here's what happens. I upload, let's say, I put a copy of The Big Lebowski in my Dropbox. How do you do that, though? Like from your iTunes library? Yeah, from iTunes. Okay. It's like a biglebowski.m That's just or like, v or whatever. Just or, chock full of DRM, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't basically share. a useless file. Well, I'm assuming, yes, yes. Better yet, um, fine. But let's let's not make the DRM confusing. I have an MP3 file. Okay. All right. The latest hit from the Fallout Boy. Fallout Man. They've grown up. <laughs> grown up, exactly. They grows up and they grows up, Brad. They're all grows up. Yes. Fallout Boy, are they still a thing? I don't know. It's the I first. There was so. that one phone commercial from like six years ago, and the guy in the gym's like, "Yeah, listen to my Fallout Boy," and then he takes. It was trying to brag about the features of the phone. You could have a phone call while your music was playing, and it would interrupt your music and be like, "Oh, I got a phone call." There was like a big deal. Right. I, I, I don't remember, but I'm the guy playing. was like, "Boom, boom, boom, boom." The head's going back and forth, listening to his Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy probably got a nice little piece of coin for that. I'm not trying to like hijack your back. story. Come on. Anyway, I have an MP3 file. Wait, Fallout Boy's coming back? I think so. Okay, you go ahead. I'm going to be looking up Fallout Boy. The, uh... So I have an MP3. Let's say an MP3 of Gutterballs, episode 21. Shit, the price goes up for, uh... Save rock and roll tomorrow. We better get this now. Go ahead. Sorry. So you're saying save rock and roll, the new album from Fall Out Boy, goes on sale tomorrow? The price goes up tomorrow. It's $7.99 right now. Uh-huh. Well, look at this. They should a be... good thing you brought this up. I know. Well, the unfortunate thing is no one's going to hear this in time, except but, you and but, I. But we do. But so we that's do. what's good. We only We're, care we can... about ourselves. Yeah. So. Deduplication, very quickly. And then I, I think we might go on to talk about Lebowski a little bit, maybe. 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 Deduplication but first. Deduplication. I put a file up. It's, it's, it's a, a MP3 file of Fallout Boy's greatest hits. That is now in Dropbox on their server. If mm-hmm. you upload that, let's say you put that in your Dropbox, Dropbox is smart enough to say, hey, this is the exact same file we're already storing. We're not going to store a second copy of it. Okay. We're just going to say, oh, here's these files in Adam's folder. They're just a pointer to this thing over here. Same thing. Wait, same thing that's not in my portion of their server? Right, exactly. Somebody else it has it there. It only stores unique data. No way. Yeah. That's how just, they get away with all that storage. Well, that's how Dropbox, you know, that's one of their efficiencies hmm. built in. Again... How much deduplication really, you know, how much of that stuff is in there, I don't know. But how this thing you're talking about, Kivivo, it's all for music and movies. All that stuff is deduplicated. There's probably, like, 
you know, three terabytes of data total Jeez. in their cloud service or something. And mean, meanwhile, people are accessing like And that's 10, why they can say fold. it's just unlimited. Wow. In essence, by uploading the file into it, you're just proving you have this file. So they then give you access to it. How can, now, how can they get away with that, though? If just one person uploads The Hangover Part 3, and then they're sharing it with a million people. Well, now, what like, do you mean by sharing, though? Well, you mean sharing it as in they can just say, hey, mil- let me open it up so a million people, or anyone else that uploads that file. I see. I, no, I see. But it's still one digital file that you're then spitting out to many, many people. Now it's very abstract, though. This the, is like um, I know, you know but the, the fact remains that level. everyone still had to upload their own version, and then they just deduplicated it. To be honest, they don't upload it. What happens is they right just on see your it client, right off the bat. Like if you took, yeah, it's it transmits like a checksum to to uh, the server, and it's like, hey, here's the checksum. It's like, oh, I already got a file with that checksum. Here you go. Don't, don't bother uploading it. A little Let's bit of metadata. We already got that. We're cool. Yeah. So don't if you even upload, um, yeah. So I bet if you did do something like drag your copy of Big Lebowski out of iTunes into Dropbox, there's, well, it might be different because if it's signed with your DRM, they're probably all unique. But if you found something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you put it in there. Fascinating. You, you'll notice, like people have noticed that, right? Like they put a file in there. This is a two gigabyte file, but it says it's uploaded in like two seconds. What? Because it knew it didn't have to actually upload it. It knew it already had that file on the server somewhere. It already had that data. It's fascinating. So I'm just stipulating on this QVivo thing, just looking at it here. But just not, just not, did I say stipulating? You did say stipulating. I don't know why I said that. I'm well, just uh, speculating. <laughs> well, I thought you were like kind of throwing down the gauntlet to me, like, these are my stipulations, and you will not defy them. I was like, hey, shit, man, you know more about it. I'm not going to argue with you. I thought you really were stipulating. No, I was not. I did not mean to stipulate. It was an accidental stipulation. Don't stipulate out of turn. Yeah, I'm writing that in my napkin now. Accidental Stip- stipulation. Because right? I felt right. stipulated against. I really did. It's like, okay, shit. Jesus, take it easy. You're being very undued, you know? Stipulating at me like that. I wrote so many stupid things down here. So many stupid things. We have no business doing this. But we don't care. You mean so many stupid Lebowski things? Yes. Yes. And here we are talking about Fallout Boy and deduplication of oh data. My God. <laughs> and napkins. When we have, we're sitting on a treasure trove of Lebowski data. Well, this is part of my thing. I I would rather talk, continue talking about the napkin and deduplication and uh, accidental stipulations than uh, this minute because, quite frankly, this minute intimidated me. So, I'm with you on that. I was very intimidated by this movie, and I don't know what why this is. Because we're outside, we're in a car. Have we been in a car yet? I don't know. Uh, like, I don't think we've been in a moving car. Right. There's just a lot going on. Like, almost too much to process for me. So, it it just, it intimidated me. I was scared of it. It almost seemed too big to tackle. Well, we keep in mind, 
for like the next five episodes, we're going to be in this car with the dude and Walter having this conversation. Yeah, but we're in three different locations in right. this minute. This, yes, that is true. All, all, you could argue four, because the car is still... There's an exterior and interior. Yeah. Well, there's two different interiors for that right, matter. Right, right. So, well, three different interiors if you count the approach. The, the POV of the car approaching, Walter. It's just so much. I didn't... I didn't even know where to start. Well, let's start at the beginning. You start at the beginning, right? Her life is in your hands, dude. Her life is in your hands, dude. We talked about this a bit last time. Yeah, a bit. He does, he does say it the first time in the last minute, so this could qualify as a revisit or a current event either way. Yes, but... Now, just, per- yeah, to recap, maybe, you know, this is maybe... This is what puts the dude in his situation of taking this seriously. His, her life is in your hands. This is some serious responsibility laid on this dude now. Up until this point, this is the first time that shit got real, right? Yeah. Where he, he really... Like, it's easy money! Right, Yahoo! right. That's right. Now he's like, oh shit. This is the little, uh, yeah, the wake-up call. Like, oh, what have I done sort of moment. Now, that's not to say this is the end of the first act. I do not... I'm not gonna... You're gonna be an hour and 12 minutes in saying, the entire movie's the first act, man! And I don't want to start that. We're in the second act. I don't care. We're definitely not. (laughs) But we don't have to go. Go through that again. How could you possibly contend that? It's simply not. Man, new shit is going to come to light. You will, you will rue those words. Could be. Now, let me say this. Brant is stipulating that her life is in the dude's hands. He's got his hand up. It's vertical. And he's pushing it at the dude's face. Stop. I am stipulating that her life is in your hands. You are responsible for her life. That is a stipulation. That's what I thought you were doing to me. You see it. This is at 3205. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's vertical. Yeah, his hand is up. Of course, he, he's got his fingers splayed, because that's his move. It's his signature move. Yeah, they don't start splayed. They become more splayed as he works on, as he goes on. They become splayed. Mr. Lebowski asked me to have you repeat. <laughs> and eventually he just, you know, as the dude is confounded by this, not quite willing to accept this weight upon his shoulders. Right, maybe I'll give these items back to you and walk out of this right. place. Grant just simply does not accept it. That's his hand is up. Right, hands up. Her life is in your hands, dude. You can tell how broken up I am about this. I'm letting a drunken sot of a bum weigh the uh, life and death consequences of my master's wife. May she never appear in this home again. Really, that is what he's thinking. So, 
interesting uh, audio thing possibly going on here. And this is at 3208. Mm-hmm. So Brant stipulates, Pat's dude on the shoulder walks out of the scene. We're treated to a nice little bit of Foley work, and we hear footsteps, Brant's footsteps, clicking on the marble floor, or whatever it is, and they move from right to left. But it's like, there's just a little kind of peck or two of footstep in the right channel. Most of it goes immediately to the left. And I want to say that they used a tiny little bit of coffee grounds just on the right channel for those footsteps. You could just kind of hear it's a little grittier because it's closer. And then as soon as it moves to the left, no more coffee grounds. And it's very echoey as if it's down the hallway. Should listen to this. I tried. I can't really hear it. I can't hear any footsteps. What? My equipment's not sensitive enough. All right, here, I'm going to try one more time. Report back to us as soon as it's done. Report back to us as soon as it's done. Oh, yeah, I can hear them, but, like, to tell what channel they're in or anything... It doesn't move from right to left. That's a level of concentration I'm unable to, like, attain. Well, I understand. Right. The pressure's on. I I did this in the luxury of my living room. But yeah, there's, um... And it's weird, they're very distinct sounds. They're very different sounds. And only the coffee-groundy sounds are in the right channel. And then, it's not even, it's almost like it's not even a fluid hand from right to left as he moves it's like here's a couple of little little spots of sound in the right and now there's spots of sound in the left it's not like a smooth transition i just think it's something i do now i just look for coffee grounds in movies i try to listen for them because they're in there a visual note this was plaguing me for the longest time, probably, in rewatching and rewatching this minute. This lamp behind the dude. It's got a black shade. It's gold. Gold and black. It's got a big arm post sticking up out of the top. It's the brightest area in the frame. Okay. There are not, you know, they didn't light that with three 15-watt bulbs like would normally be in there. If you look at the tapestry hanging on the wall in the back, you can see the shadow where the main source of light is. Sure. They got a giant light there. Huge, you know. They're blasting. I mean, it's soft, so they've put something in front of it diffuse the light Mm -hmm. but it's perhaps simulating like an overhead light right right just a general source coming from above lighting them and you can that's motivated by the direction of the shadow um that you can see behind the tapestry so if you look at the shadow uh that the lamp shade is making on the wall behind it it's as if that shadow is motivated by the light inside of there which 
try as I might, I can't refute that. I can't argue that. It is motivated by a light inside there. But it's not motivated by any normal light in there. That is, they had to put some, like, really high wattage bulb in there to achieve that effect. But isn't that just standard procedure if you're shooting on a set? Oh, sure. You want these lamps to look like they're actually projecting light, not like they're just all off. Right, because it would literally look like it was off. You wouldn't even be able to detect any of the light emanating from that if you had your 40-watt bulbs in there. Like special set set lamps, even. Like, I don't know that a normal lamp could throw that. Like, you know, like the wiring... Everything. They probably had to rewire like, oh, it. Let's put in a big right. wattage bulb. No. It's a special thing. No, they have probably had to rewire that lamp. Like in pre-production, that's something they knew we need. So there's the uh, lighting. Well, it's probably things. something like, we got to rewire this, or they they either made it or it was pre-existing from another film. Well, I was going to say, if it's Hollywood, you're shooting, every time you're shooting any interior, you there's need lamps. Like, isn't it just like, yeah, the, you yeah, go down lamp to, the, department. to the storeroom. Right. It's like, hey, here you go, hundreds, thousands of different lamps. Pick the ones you need. But that, you know, this lamp's been in another movie then, is what we're implying. Yes. That, I, is what, that, that could be possible. The first may, person that finds this lamp in another movie wins a Big Lebowski t-shirt. <laughs> I would definitely say that. <laughs> you know that's going to happen, too. One of us, one day, because now that we're looking at this lamp so much. We're going to see it It could somewhere. be a 10 years from now. We're going to be watching something. Take, like, take the scissors and cut the brain in half. Just done at that point. If I saw yeah. this lamp in another movie 10 years from now, I'd win a Big Lebowski t-shirt. And it's going to be 10 years from now, but it's going to be a movie that was made before The Big Lebowski, probably. Which would cheapen The Big Lebowski a little bit. They're just reusing somebody else's, like, dirty seconds. I mean, I don't... Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know. I I guess that... I mean, I'm assuming a bunch of stuff. I'm I'm stipulating. That could be tape on there. All the black especially on the gold parts. Maybe they just wanted it to look a little different. Maybe it was all gold. And it's like, that is just really hogging the spotlight. Yeah. We need to put some tape around it. Or maybe they do rewire these things. Or maybe somehow they're able to, with some technology, throw enough light. Like, maybe you can get a thousand watt bulb that can just run. Maybe. In a normal, I mean, I don't really know these details. I don't know I've either. Never actually produced a Hollywood film, but if we're going to be talking about this stuff, yeah. So it's really not a Lebowski. It's just a question overall. As I look deep, as we look deeper in this film, we're just kind of like, yeah, how do you do some of these things? We both uh, ordered a thing. We that- did, and I yes, I was yes. I'm dying to mention it. We're not adhering to any structure at this point, so it's fine. I have but not yes. received mine. So oh, you have not. Oh, I have not. <laughs> well, that's good because I can like to spend some time describing it to you. Yeah, you can be, you can sound awesome now, like have all this insider yeah. information. Although I have to give the credit to you. You're the one that uh, 
messaged me with this link right. to this book on Amazon, yeah. Big Lebowski, the making of a Coen Brothers film. Give me the most mind-blowing thing, right? Bam, you had to name one thing. Best, well, like, whoa. contains... Not mind-blowing, no, let's change it. Most titillating fact. Oh, I don't know about that. So I have not <laughs> read any of it, other than, like, leafing through. Okay. What is great about this book, so this book is The Making of Big Lebowski. It's edited by Trisha Cook, which is one of the Coen brothers. It is... Wife. He's his wife. Ethan's Joel, wife, Ethan, right? Ethan. Yeah, one of them is married to Francis McDormand. Right. One of them is married to... Which I had forgotten that, even. What my problem is. But they have in here things like Ethan's thumbnail sketches of scenes. Mm. Like, in essence, his little, like, scrawled-on-a-napkin, low-quality... Like sketches of, you know, this is even pre storyboards because they also have storyboards that were like, you know, drawn out in greater detail. Could you tell what kind of napkin it was? I mean, I'm just saying napkin. It's as if it's a napkin. So you, you it's can't not it, to no, that. It's just like, yeah, like kind of like it just kind of looks like a photocopy in the book. Okay. It could have been, it's probably on a piece of paper or something. An e- 8 by 11. Ethan is married to Trisha. Okay. Yeah. Well, his thumbnail sketches I'm looking at here. They have a lot of things in here. Like, it more or less breaks it down scene by scene and talks about exactly what happened. Like, it, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't go through every scene, but it goes through the big ones, like the Jesus, right? Whole big chapter on the, on the shooting the Jesus scene. I saw some of this in uh, Google Books or wherever, or maybe it was just Amazon. They had a preview of some of it, and it was like, oh, I couldn't believe what they were giving us. Yeah, it gives you, I mean, again, I have to read this cover to cover, which I'll probably do between now and next week, but it more or less lets you in on a lot, just relieving through it, I can see. It, 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 you know, there's lots of behind-the-scenes shots that we could mine for info, some of the questions on how they did this stuff. Um... And again, as we go through these different scenes, it's just a great reference point. I can't wait to get it. I'm jealous that you have it. This is like our commercial and, episode, yeah, I there's think. There's a chapter here. We're just advertising all sorts of shit. Yep. Somebody should pay us. There's a cha- chapter seven, the production design. Brunswick, oh. Fluxus, Googie, Noir. Though not necessarily in that order. Well, I hope not, because we haven't even talked about whatever those first two words were. Hungus and... Brunswick. <laughs> oh, well, Which pool I guess tables. is bowling, we're Oh, yeah. Luxus. Oh. I don't know what that's about. Luxus. I don't know what that means. I'll have to read this. Hmm. But, yeah. I can't wait. It was supposed to come today, and it did not. And I'm pretty bummed. M-U Amazon. I know. Well, USPS, it was coming for me. I don't know how it came for you. FedEx, UPS. The Corvette smashing scene, canned art. I'm not sure how it got here. Probably, usually that stuff comes UPS. Yeah, mine said USPS, so that's probably why it's... Yeah, maybe this came that way, I don't know. It was just here, is all I know. It just got here, somehow. Came home from work, it was here. 
You wanted it, and then it arrived. Yeah. yeah. Like, my wife received it, so it was just sitting on the counter, like, not in a box or anything. It was just there it was. I had a book. How did she open it? I presume, or maybe some guy came, just, like, knocked on, was like, here's the book. Just handed it to her. I don't know. <laughs> could That's what could have happened. I was surprised we that they actually had a book out that would give you those inside, those little nuggets like that. But, because his wife wrote it, so, you know, he trusts her to, you know, play it right and not be crazy about it. Right. But she can have a certain amount of, like, I don't want to say cynicism, but um, we, I don't want to talk about it too much yet because the one little excerpt that I read on Amazon was about might be the next minute. I kind of want to save it for that before we talk right. about it. This is when they're going over the bridge. Okay. And well, throwing the, the ring. That's, that's several minutes from now. Okay. They're gonna, that's right. There's the whole phone conversation. And okay, there it goes on for a while. All right. Well, we'll save it for yeah, that. But it has, yeah, it goes, it, yeah, it breaks it down. Different chapters on different scenes. It has the, the script. The thumbnails, then it, it talks, mm. you know, there's, then it talks about like what, you know, how they worked on it. Lots of stuff in here from Ethan, Joel, Roger, Rick oh. Heinrich, who was the production designer, I believe. Mary Zoffries, who we've mentioned before. She's, She's got, in, so, got a little. She has a lot. They oh. like, you know, a lot of these scenes that has like. You know, here's what Ethan says, here's what Joel says, here's what Roger says, here's what Mary says, here's what Rick says. Yeah, Mary is in every, she's, she is quoted she heavily be. in this book. She doesn't do shit, you know, she better be in there. She, you know, as a costume designer, she makes movies that are about costumes. Who do they call? Mary Zoffries! We're probably horribly mispronouncing her name. Zofres. I'm sorry, Mary. I love you. You know, Greystone Mansion is a real place. This is where they shot the uh, titular Lebowski's home. This is his uh, his home. Greystone Mansion. I don't think we mentioned Never this. We talked about that. Did we? No, we have not. Yeah, a real place. And I'm led to believe they shot the interiors... And the definitely the exteriors. I don't know about the... In, I think the interiors as well. Yeah, Big Lebowski location. I could throw this link up. Interior of the Lebowski Mansion. Greystone Mansion, Beverly Hills, Los Angeles. So what is that mansion? I don't know. It says if there's a Beverly Hills mansion featured in a Hollywood movie, chances are it will have been filmed in the eastern suburb of Pasadena, which is packed to bursting with a lavish estates, but charges only a fraction of the rate for film permits. Okay. Perversely, the Big Lebowski's Pasadena mansion is a conflation of two Beverly Hills estates. The exteriors are a grand estate on Charing Cross Road, just northwest of the Los Angeles Country Club. And the interiors were at Greystone Mansion. So, interesting, they didn't, I guess they didn't have the right setup for the pool to get the the right shot they wanted, I suppose. So, all right, I gotta say one more thing about this book. 
Okay. And for listeners out there, you know, we're going to have to put a link to this book out there for you guys. Definitely. To try to get, and you know, in essence, this is going to be a textbook, right? For, for this course that we're teaching in Lebowski. <laughs> well, we want to follow along in the, you know, cause we're going to have, we're going to be consulting it. There'll be some required would, reading. I wouldn't say we're teaching it. I'd say we're possibly moderating it. Perhaps. I don't know if we're teaching. Well, maybe well, the we're students. The, we, we, we're the, we, we're the guide on the side. Right? Never the work harder than your students. Right. Yeah. That's right. But this book has a list of non-storyboarded shots. And it has them all listed here. Like it has little, like, you know, frames saying, here it is, you know. And that's... The pull shot of dude and Brand into room. And it lists the focal length and the frames per second they're shot at. I saw some of that with the Jesus stuff, which was yeah. fascinating to Insert see that. Quintana's hands over dryer, 35 millimeters, 48 FPS. Close up, Quintana licking ball. 50 millimeters, 96 FPS. Again, all these shots yeah, they match were, the fact that these were not storyboarded, right? We talked about how this was kind of like... Yeah, they were just playing. They were playing around. Yeah, and, most of these shots are of, of Quintana. Fascinating that they some shots were twice as slow as other shots. The tongue shot was twice as slow as the hands over the blower shot. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, man, I well, can't wait. the medium close-up of Quintana's hair net was four, oh, no, I'm sorry, yeah, 48. Yeah, it's all 48. No, his, his victory jig was shot at 60 FPS. Yeah, it's 48, 60, and 96, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything between the uh, 60 and the 96. But it just goes to show you, again, how much work it takes to make a movie. Because, frankly, any movie would have that much detail about each shot would be fascinating. That's not particular to this movie. Although I do think the Coen brothers are more careful and do plan things out and are more meticulous. Really, any movie takes just a shit ton of work. This would be fascinating, but we just happen to be particularly interested because we do this podcast. But, you know, like... Pacific Rim. Are you kidding me? Whole different oh, yeah. beast. But like, man. And then you're incorporating live action into animation. Ugh. They're just a lot of work. Yeah. Did you see that Pixar short that I guess is in front of a Monsters, Inc.? Speaking of live action and computer generated stuff. Are you talking about Monsters University? I mean Monsters University, yes. Like the campaign video they do as if it's a real university no no no, no. the like you know pixar movies usually have a short in front of them okay. oh an animated oh, no short. i have not seen this and i guess i only saw like a little clip of it on on youtube um but i've read so a lot of people talking about it like you know apparently again they're stylistically trying something new pixar is with computer animation but okay. apparently okay. many people find it hard to believe that there is no live action shot in this feature <laughs> it was 100 percent computer generated but it's also like completely photorealistic the entire thing this is so, not a good time to mention that because i would just want to go watch it now but i can't do that can i it just says something for it's called the Blue Umbrella. That's the short? That's the name of the short. I don't know if you can actually find it online. 
what with it all being. Now you talk about like tedious, repetitive tasks that you get stuck in at work, possibly. And we, the uh, Simpsons couch and chalkboard right, and right. sax solo being those kinds of things, possibly, even though you disagree, you think that's maybe the part that is the best because you're creating, you're conceptualizing things. Being the guy that gets to do the short in front of the Pixar movie, now that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Now that's a real deal there. And that's where you can kind of like, you know. Make your name, like carve out your your area. Well, and it's also where you can kind of experiment with something new. Like a lot of these things, I think, you know, stylistically, Mm -hmm. you can do something. They could never fly in a feature. Right. You're not locked in on your $60 million budget that you have to recoup for your investors as much. Right. And, you know, a lot of these shorts have, you know, featured these different styles, right? Like sometimes, sometimes they look like standard 2D animation. Sometimes they're really, uh, you know, just, I don't know, just, just kind of like, yeah, nope. they're just visually experimental. They tend to be. What was that one in front of the, what, in front of the Incredibles, I think, that yes. you had to watch we with watched, my yes. daughter for your daughter, yes. how many times in a row? We, yes, yes. My wife and I were watching your daughter many, many years ago. We brought the DVD of The Incredibles. And you're like, And well, all she wanted to watch it could was, be worse. I remember it. It was Bounden. Bounden. I can remember it that well. I remember when it was Bounden. Yes. And all she wanted to watch was Bounden. She didn't want to watch The Incredibles. And I think we watched Bounden. I'm not joking. Like, two hours straight of Bounden. <laughs> Which would be like 40 times in a row. Something like that, yeah. I don't remember that one being like that no crazy it wasn't that was still like a traditional that was more yeah it, the the things i was saying did not apply to that one right i'm thinking more of the ones more recently that's the only one i can think of offhand like there was the one in front of uh toy story 3 i can only barely remember it but it had something to do with like it was kind of like I don't know, something like about like, you know, acceptance of others. Like it was like there were like different shapes or different colors. And so like everyone, all the blue squares like laughed at the red circle or something like that. Mm. I could be really wrong. I think it was like night and day. Like there was like nights, nighttime was in some of the people and daytime was in the other. I I can't remember. I'm like butchering it. People out there that know what I'm talking about are like, what the is this guy's guy. clueless. That does ring a vague bell to me. But I don't, man, maybe that was a long time ago or something. Although these squares and circles remind me of Carl Sagan's, what was it, F- Flatland? I don't think that's what it was called. There is a thing called Flatland. It's not Carl Sagan. It was, it's the idea of, you know, being a two-dimensional creature and yeah. what experiencing a, a three-dimensional creature right. would be like. Yeah, that's from like the 19th century. Though. Well, Carl Sagan discussed it in Cosmos. Okay. So that's, I don't know it from the 19th century. I My memory sucks. That was like 20 years ago. So, but yeah, flatland, 2D squares, circles. Another thing that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, so it was an 1884 satirical novella by English schoolmaster Edwin Abbott Abbott. He's got two names in a row. 
Yeah. It's like Boutros, Boutros. Golly. Boutros, 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 golly. Yep. Boutros, Boutros, golly. Fucking two names in a row. I think there's a couple others out there that got two names in a row. Like... You'd have to search for it, probably like do a two names in a row Google search or something. There's probably, probably a regular expression for that. Yeah, so I wouldn't know it. So are we ready to move on from Brant and the dude with the phone? I th- think so. I think so. I think we can go to Subcheck Security. Yes, there it is. Subcheck Security. Because this is the one, the only instance we have an idea that he actually owns this business. Right. You know what Sobchak Security is known for? I believe I do. It's the uh, two S's and the P. Strength, security, and peace of mind. The SSP. Strength. Strength is the first one. It's strength. So you're hiring a security company, and you want them to be strong. Right. And then secure. The idea being, well, you know, if they do happen to break in, like maybe it's not the most secure, because that was second on our list. Don't worry. We're going to tear them a new asshole. Right. Because we have the strength. It's it's a strange strat- marketing strategy. It I mean, is. Most people are interested in this security as a... Well, that know, should be the selling point. Yeah, it's, with, it's, it's, it's more of a defensive posture. Like, I don't want anyone to be able to get in, break into my house. Not... I'm going well, to someone breaks them up in, if I they wanna, do. <laughs> yeah, I want to... I want, yes, I want to cudgel their skull. <laughs> cudgel. You know, in a... But peace knowing of, that you can do that gives you peace of mind. Well, the peace of mind, though, is a subset of the security. The security gives well, you the, the peace of mind. And the strength as well, though. I, mean, I want to know strength that there would be a dude <laughs> that in a green outfit any holding an Uzi wrapped in a package. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Meaning my body is cold because they've broken into my home and killed me and taken all of my things. But don't worry. Walter's going to go get him. That's what the strength implies to me, which doesn't do anything for me if I'm hiring this man to, like, no. you know, make my home secure. Well, secure. just like everything, you know, everything is a fucking travesty, right? <laughs> it's a travesty. Strength. And there's, check, there's squares, and they're all checked off. Right. One, two, three. Strength. Check. Mm. Security. Check. Peace of mind. Check. Beautiful. Soapjack security. And, and there's a, a picture of a lock with two S's right, on two it. two S's. Which either stand for strength and security or soapjack security. We're not sure. Right. Because there are a total of three S words. One of them's used twice. So maybe it's security security. That would be another two name. Name. He should have named the business Soapjack Strength. <laughs> Probably. Somebody, you know what? His ex-wife probably talked him out of it. No. No, it's terrible. People want security. Gotta change it, you know? Cynthia was, like, not having it. Imagine you're hiring a company that's Sobchak's strength. Now, he has that, yeah. His van is there. 
Was that his van? Because it says, I just noticed this right now. I don't know how to notice it. It says Sobchak Security right on it. That's his van. No way. Which we see his van later in the film. And there it is. And it has a phone number on it. You would think the phone number would be on the sign too, but no. 210790. Oh, here we go. One seven something something. Oh, it's goodness. kind of it's pretty indistinct. Are we calling this? No, we're not calling. I'm not calling I that number. It I, I, it's not clear enough. I'm gonna say that. Yeah. One thing I did look at. This harkens back to our earlier days. Was you know can we Google Map this place? Yeah, no, this place exists. Well, not Subjack Security. Well, I know obviously. this place must exist. It's not a computer generated thing. Right. I mean, like, right. it's I. Granted, I didn't put a lot of work. I put a little bit of like, you know, just trying. I, I mean, I couldn't find any identifying marks. There's a website that has this place on there. Okay, uh, so you went that route. Yeah. I was looking for the like. Right. That's what I and usually do. Any do. of these businesses have actual proper names, and none of them do. Liquor. Pawn shop. The, so this was an actual pawn shop. They took the name off of it. Um, I'm going to be... It's not called the Empeño Pawn Shop in real well, life. Well, it says Casa de Empeño, which is just Spanish for pawn shop. I don't think it was that name. That may have been a sign they created, right. but that, there is a... Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's just... There it, was a pawn essence, shop there, the sign there, just though. says pawn shop. It's just bilingual. Right. It says it in English and Spanish. That's right. Yeah, yeah there's just a generic term, pawn shop. Ice cream. There is Napkins. a um, one of those little gummy bears, like hot dogs, chicken places, like a maybe a chicken or a, no, it's maybe a chicken or a taco there's a, place. There's a Del Taco across the street. Well, there's a Del Taco across the street, but there's one of the ones that's not like an actual restaurant. It's more of like a shack that is. So as we're pulling up thirty two twelve, it would be directly behind the car. You can't see it. I wish I could find this because I had this location all mapped out. I kind of lost it. But yeah, there's a little, you can do a Google street view and like drive down the road and just look over there and be like, holy shit, there it is. But yeah, there's a little like one of those, I guess it's a taco shack. Like it's a shed, you know, a shed where they sell meats and tortillas. One day we're going to have to do a Lebowski tour. I'm telling you, so many so many wonderful things, Brad. So many wonderful... It's almost like life is not fair. There's so many wonderful things. We could probably rent a van, sign oh. up maybe like four other people that would be interested in doing Yeah, and go go cross country. I bet the Reverend would be interested. I bet Gordon would do it. We got some Speaking people. Speaking of our fans, it. we did have an email... Oh, did we now? Do we want to want to cover that now? I think we might. I as suppose well. we should. We should. We definitely should. I don't suppose. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, sometimes we have the whole phones ringing, dude. Thing. I don't think this requires that. Let's. I don't think let's this get requires that. I think. Right yeah, into I it. I like we. Let's put it in here. Yeah. Let's go into it right now. Oh, so here. So this is from Jane Robotnik, and she says that cannot be a real name. Well, I don't know. It might be. But I th- I've thought that before, and I'm sorry, Gordon. And I've been wrong, so I apologize already, Jane. It's if- 
Exactly. You got, you, I, I learned my people, lesson. I would have expected you to have learned your lesson by now. I, yes. Adam. Ugh. If that's like really your name, Adam. Listen, Brad, don't you start with me. Let's hear what uh, Jane Robotnik has to say. Dear Brad and Adam. You don't have to read it like uh, <laughs> Gutterball's voiceover, like man. You can't I do it. I didn't really mean to do that. But you did. There came you go. Right. I did. It just came out. I, it just came out. There was no thinking that. It just happened. Dear em- Brad It's embarrassing. It's, em- it's embarrassing. Yeah, very embarrassing. <laughs> I would like to bring up a sticking point for me in minute 21. All which the way I would back love there. to hear your opinions on, and can't believe you didn't bring up as you discussed the dude's white Russian style in delightful detail. So, in other words, you're way behind, ever... Jane. Say that again. In other words, you're way behind, Jane. Yep. Shame on you. I'm being terrible. I'm sorry, Jane. I... You're just Go scaring ahead. the fans away. I know. I'm sorry. Jane continues. It has driven me nuts ever since I first saw the Big Lebowski. That the half-and-half container is just sitting on the bar. Did the dude bring it out just before? Does he let it just sit there to curdle? Was it there overnight? Doesn't he sniff it to make sure it's okay? An indication he doesn't trust it fully. The dude is so lazy, but as you said, white Russians are one of the few things he cares about, so it's a bit perplexing. So many questions. I look forward to your thoughts. Godspeed, little doodle. Jane Robotnik. Okay, and I this is a valid question. I feel this is a valid question. Definitely a valid question. It hasn't bothered me. It never really bothered me. It it occurred to me, but I didn't really. Eh, it wasn't like it wasn't a sticking point as Jane refers to it. it. wasn't a sticking point for me. I got a lot of sticking points with this movie and any movie just because it's impossible to represent reality. Perfectly. You just can't do it. But we've established in this movie that the dude is very careful about the half and half he chooses. Somewhere in his past, there was a half and half event where it probably was a curdled half and half that made its way into his drink and he probably drank it and he was chewing on like cottage cheese with his Kahlua and vodka, which had to be disgusting. In the grocery store, we have two pieces of evidence that support this. He first checks the dates on the half and halves as he's looking at them. Not only that, he goes so far as to open the one he chooses, which presumably is the freshest, and smell it. He's insane about his half and half. So, I guess my point is, the ice is still fresh in the bucket. It's not all melty. He brought the half and half out. He's freshly out of the bath. He went into the kitchen, filled his ice bucket, brought his half and half out. Now he's going to relax for an hour or two. I think the ice bucket is the kind of the smoking gun of the fact that he did not just let it sit out. And we talked about his use of the bucket. Right. Right, how that, you know, that's a luxurious (laughs) sign, right? He's He's not just going to the fridge and like, Take one of those blue ice trays out and like cracking it open and uh, dumping some ice in, right? He has a bucket. Imagine the fancy bucket luxury you'd be living in if you could make yourself a white Russian in the comfort of your own living room bar and not have to go to the kitchen. 
It's what the dude's doing. Yeah. So I would say because I I would say yes, there's good reason to believe that half and half came out of the fridge. He may let it sit there for a while. It's going to be there for a little while, but you it's know, not going to go bad, you know, within the hour. Right. Or even within, I mean, you know, in the olden days, they didn't even have like refrigerators. You could let that the sit out. The milk guy would just bring you the milk. And it would sit there. There it is. It would just sit there. Right. That's right. But, uh, yeah. And let's face it, he's going to go through that half and half today. So that, that could sit out for. I mean, he does put a. A dollop. A dollop. A pretty small amount. Because not only does he pour it in, just like kind of splash it in, but like it's opened all weird. Like there's just little, yeah. weird little, two little trickles come out of like the two sides. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like he opened it, he's started to open it on the wrong side. Well, and it's I was like, ah, like, oh, fuck it. I'll just leave it this way. Like, and then he just like jabbed it with a knife in two spots. Yeah. I mean, I've all... been in that situation. Maybe not for the same reasons, maybe for the same reasons, I'm not sure. But where you become so frustrated with the mechanics of that waxy cardboard that you just... Sometimes, like, I've just taken both sides and just torn them open, so what I have is just an open-topped shape that has four sides but is tall. What's that called? Uh, Uh... a cube a cube a rectangular solid is what you're saying yeah but yes sure it's a elongated cube it's called a rectangular solid that's what i learned in grade school i didn't i missed that grade but you just ripped them all apart yeah and so now you have a just a square at the top just an open square and you put like a plate on top of it and put it in the refrigerator I've been there. I've resorted to that. Or other times, seriously, you just stab that thing. You put, you know, punch your finger through it. Whatever you gotta do. But has this been out all night? No, of course not. Of course not. He he set up this little, you know, this little world for himself. Probably minutes ago from when we see him in minute 21. Post-bath... I would assume well, that could have been. Yeah, it could have been directly before. Maybe, maybe like, directly before. I'll make a white set, Russian. Yeah, I'll, he set up his little altar. Get my setup working, and then went into the bath with his drink, finished his bath. But yeah, it's not. Hasn't been sitting out there. But thank you for the question, Jane. Ms. Robotnik, appreciate it. And, uh, you know, a valid, definitely a valid question. Yeah, very valid. Because, yeah, you got to watch those dairy products. Although, aren't most dairy products nowadays, like, so blasted with, like, radiation and heat treatments that they're essentially sterile? Uh, They still go bad. I mean, they go bad, but, like, they, they taste disgusting, but I don't think... Unless there's lily pads of mold floating on them. Now, I do have a lily pads of mold story, but I'll save that for another time. Yeah, I'm not in the good place to do that right now. Well, plus, okay, we're an hour into this episode, and we're still only 16 seconds into the minute. Oh, my God. So, if we were to extrapolate out, we have a 
about uh, six more hours to go. I, you or know, I guess I, six. I guess six, five, like four, five, something yeah. like that. But uh, here, all right. So here, let's. We can do this. We could do this. Damn it! There's so much bread. Do, might we have to do a a double? I don't think we have to do a double. Well, let's sure. Do this. There's let's so this. much. For instance, the liquor store, liquor, grocery, deli, deli service. What's the difference? What's the difference between deli and a deli service? I, I mean, a deli service, that to me sounds like catering or something. Versus you can go in and just, like, order a pound of ham from the deli. You could also have a deli service. Wouldn't they call it catering? Well, maybe it's different, right? And it's L.A. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, but he sets all these movies they're making. Okay, here's the problem, and this is why I suggested we do... They're making pornographic movies. We do uh, We do two episodes because I'm going to skip right to... I can't help it. I have to skip to sure. dreams we've had. All right, all right, all right. Because uh, I had this dream... This was a like a growing up dream. Um, I don't know how many times I had it. Uh, three or four, perhaps. And it would manifest itself in different ways. But somehow, the, um, the root of the dream was always the same. And it was this overwhelming task that I had to accomplish in like an alarmingly short period of time, like impossibly, like impossibly times impossibly short amount of time and an impossibly times impossibly large amount of space. You must, you have 60 seconds to take, you know, quarter inch by quarter inch ceramic tiles and tile the entire surface of the earth. Otherwise, something extremely horrible is going to happen. <laughs> okay. But on that order, maybe Bye. not the entire surface of the earth. Screw that. That is totally inaccurate. Quarter inch by quarter inch tiles, you have 60 seconds, and you must tile an entire bedroom. Say that, because otherwise it's just ludicrous. But that's, you just give up. That's actually more along the lines. But it's like, you can see the whole room. You know, if you look around, you can see the whole room. So it's like, if, if you had 12 inch by 12 inch tiles, maybe, maybe, maybe you could like throw them all around and get them in place. You know, like on some level, it seems manageable, but instead you have these tiny, tiny, tiny tiles and you have to like put them all in and you have like a minute to do it. This episode reminds me of that. There's so much that we need to cover that I'm starting to feel panicked that we're just missing everything. It's okay, man. Uh, uh, it's not a good Take feeling. A I'm trying. It's panicking. Well, let's we're, let's we're, just go through them really quick. You have about 60 seconds. Go. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what an asshole. Fuck. Man, because I thought you were serious at first. Oh, 
have sexy sex? Germophobic Brant hands. I said we could move on. We gotta go back. Okay. So Brant hands. Yeah, he hands the dude the stuff, and as soon as he hands him the phone, and he takes his hands away, he kind of wipes them weirdly, and then puts them down at his sides and wipes them again. Like he puts them together real quick, and then wipes them on his sides. Yeah, I see that. It's almost like he doesn't like touching that phone. He doesn't like anything about this setup. So he's trying to sort of clean himself right. off from it. I mean, he does... Well, so I was going to say... Well, if, you know, use the term germophobic. If he's germophobic, because the next thing he does is touch the dude on the right, shoulder. Right, right. Don't touch so him there. He's not necessarily germophobic. However, however, perhaps he is continuing to wipe his hand off onto the dude. <laughs> He simply yes. does not like that phone. He knows yes. where that phone has been. Yes. He knows what Bunny has used that phone for <laughs> and her friends. He knows where it's been. He is, uh, yeah, doesn't like touching the phone. And he actually puts his hand on the dude's shoulder twice. Although, unfortunately, he doesn't make any rubbing motions at any point, which would have been nice as, like, he's walking away to kind of rub down it. But yeah, maybe he's just giving it a little pat. A little germ-off pat. Yeah, a germ-off pat, exactly. I'm going to write that on my napkin. <laughs> How's your napkin do? Is Grant. there anything on there? This is the worst germ episode off. we've ever recorded. Uh, I'm just overwhelmed. I don't even know what to tell you. I just can't. Sometimes you can't come around and you can't make progress that like the statue the statue back there brad 3209 the 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 bronze statue what is is growing out of her navel what kind of animal is sitting on her head is it a chipmunk duck dragon it's the dragon it's got a duck bill Uh, it's a duck bill dragon it's a duck-billed dragon. Thank you. What's growing out of her navel? A rose? I'm strong so, and armored, but also it's fertile. It's a lion's head. Out of her navel? I mean, I wouldn't quite call that her navel. Or is it Shakespeare? Well, I think it's like a lion's head. It's part of her armor. I think it's Bill Shakespeare, man. Well. But what's the point? Why lion Shakespeare? <laughs> Why have something growing out of her navel? Yeah, that's how they used to do it. Oh, in them there medieval times. I These guess ornate armors. And he's got a lot of rugs. I'm just blasting through. Look at this tapestry on the wall. That's essentially another rug. Isn't a tapestry like that basically a wall rug? It's the same. Th- you could put it on the floor. Same thing, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, I can do this. Is 60 seconds up yet? You got, you got 30 more seconds. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, 32, 22, we're moving on. Next scene, Soap Shack Security. We got three in a row in the back. So go to 32, 22, watch the cars driving yeah. by in the background. One, two, like 10 feet apart from each other. Right. Just three of them. That's it. Okay. Cue the cars. And they like drive five. identical almost too. Right. You do have a fourth one, a truck come by. 
But then again, when he drives out of the parking lot, we see the street in the background. One, two, three. Are those the same three cars? They're the same distance apart. And they're going so painstakingly slow. They're going like 12 miles an hour. It's this exaggerated movement thing again, where if they were going 45 or 65 like they normally would, they would just fly by in a blur. You wouldn't even well, see them be like two frames and be a blur. Yeah. I mean, there could be theoretically a stoplight. Well, you know, the, right, right, right off, right down the street there or something. And also two cars are going into Del Taco there. So that's they what are I was going to see when they're pulling out. That car is turning into Del Taco. Yes. So it's going slow, yeah. turning into Del Taco, holding up all the cars behind it. True. But the, the ones in the background when Walter is getting into the car, minivan, sedan, another sedan weirdly going like 10 feet away from each other that's the other thing if you were going 45 you wouldn't be 10 feet away even aggressive tailgating a-holes don't drive 10 feet away at that speed right so they're just going slow and they're weirdly close to each other walter's got his uzi wrapped in paper with masking tape which we don't know yet He's very irritated at the dude for not understanding what a ringer is. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, I want to sabotage the progress you're making by bringing something else. Like, what is the logistics of this? Of the dude right, coming like, to pick up Walter? Well, so the dude's pager goes off. Right. Does he call Walter before he goes over to the mansion? You know, I think he does. Does he use the cell phone Brant gave him? And oh, I'm going to call Walter. Guess where I'm calling from? Yeah, cell phone. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe, huh? He's like, hey, why don't you pick me up? I'll come along. You mind if I come along? All right, well, just don't say people. I'm doing business. Sure, you can come along. I'm at work. Pick me up at work. I like that. Hey, I'm calling from my car, man. That would be a novelty at this point. Yeah, oh, total novelty. Especially for someone like the dude, you know? I like that. I say yes to that. Huh. Never thought about it that way. I thought maybe... I never thought about it that way either. I spontaneously just came up with that as I was talking. I assumed it it was like the dude... Maybe exercising a modicum of caution. And, you know, he called Walter and had him come along just for safety. For strength and security. And for strength and peace, and of, peace mind. of mind. Exactly. <laughs> you know, That's what he needed. He wanted point. a little peace of mind and some strength. And boy, did he get it. Oh, yes. Initially. He, <laughs> he got it royally. Yep. He got what I would call the first Tony turning point of the film. Yes. Which signals the end of the first act. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. That we, is... We do not come to that point in this minute. No, we don't. You're jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead, but just... Well, you're you get, brought you're, it up. You're you so cocky. You him getting what he got, so... You're so cocky about it. And Walter, he barrels in there and drives the car now. The dude was not prepared for this. He thought maybe Walter would sit meekly in the passenger seat. Does he not know Walter at all? As Walter, he peels out of the... Like, peels out. And dude doesn't even care. 
but he peels out and there's a dip there coming out of the parking lot and the car slams down on the road. Clam! There's like a metal on asphalt impact. What's funny about that, though, is just now in the in the left-hand speaker, and you're not going to be able to hear this, apparently, this, this sound is multifaceted. There's a right-hand component to it and a left-hand component to it. And the right-hand component is more of the, like, and I wouldn't even say right-hand, it's more of a center channel, because the car is right dead center of the frame, so it's mostly in the middle. You hear, like, giant piece of metal, like, scraping on something. Like the bottom of the car, you know, it's bottoming out on the road. But then just a little, just a little poke over in your left ear is what I want to say is a, like some kind of crash box. Now these are used in theater a lot, but you, I made one one time, and you, how we did it, we probably sucked at it, but we took a cardboard box and you fill it with like broken plates and broken glass and pieces of like tin cans and you tape it all shut so none of that stuff comes out of there and then during like somebody falls or there's some impact on stage you have somebody backstage and when that happens they throw it on the floor maybe there's a mic near it you know so you have this crash so in in the left hand channel there's just a little like broken glassy sound that they layer in there it's really hard to detect but it just speaks to how the sound designers have to like so to make a convincing like car bottoming out coming out of a parking lot sound how they have to layer different sounds or like how they made the dinosaur sounds in Jurassic Park by like recording a mouse a kangaroo and some sort of like cicada or grasshopper and then playing some of them in reverse, slowing some down, mixing them all together, and then that equals Tyrannosaurus Rex or some crap. There's hidden work everywhere in this movie. It peels out so ridiculously. There's smoke coming from the tires. Here's my other vague problem from a plot standpoint. The dude gets his beeper goes off when he's unconscious laying on his rug. So he's able to get from, I'm not sure we know what day this is, but he's able to get from Venice Beach, right? Didn't we determine that's where he lives? Venice Beach? I mean, that's where it's actually located. Do we know if that's where he, like, in the, like, that's where the, the actual location was shot. Does that mean that's where it actually takes place? I don't know. Let's just say yes for the hell of it. We'll continue down this track. Okay, his beeper goes off. Presumably, that means the kidnappers have, best case scenario, just called. Right? Yes. Maybe not. Maybe this has been going off for a while because he was listening to the bowling championship and when he wakes up, he's listening to Bob... And he's at least halfway through the man and me, so a couple minutes. Right. Probably. At least. At least, right? Maybe 20 minutes. Who knows? Maybe 10. At least a couple. He's able to then get in his car, pick up Walter at Sobchak Security, 
which I wish I had this on the map, but I've, I've lost that location, and then get to Beverly Hills, where this mansion is. Well, he goes to the mansion, then this objects. Oh, true. But either but still, way, right, goes right to the mansion. He's crisscrossing L.A. here. Right, which is 10.2 miles away. Now, on a good day, you get there in 20 minutes. But when he arrives, Brant says they called 40 minutes ago. I think this is a um, revisit that I'm doing at the end here. Sure. I'm flipping the script. No, that's fine. Yeah, no, I hear you. They called 40 minutes ago. So he was out and had to drive there 40 minutes. That's a pretty good case, actually. Yeah. Good thing he didn't... All I'm saying is good thing he woke up when he woke up. Right. Because he could have been out for an hour and... You know, they called 40 minutes ago. Well, when are they going to call again? How do they even know when to call again? Is there a time frame? You just have to have the phone be always on? It was in the thing there. What if it's ringing when you go and answer the door? Like, all of these are concerns. It's just one of those things that ultimately doesn't matter. You well, they gave you enough time. They wanted to give enough time for the bag man... To get there, I get guess. get in a car... What were the instru- What were the instructions? Did they say like where to go in general? Right. How does Walter even know which way to turn out of that? That could significantly impact his time. They no. There were no instructions on where to go. Like Branch just says they called. Right. Forty minutes ago. They'll call you with instructions. Do whatever they say. No, 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 no. He says they're going to call in forty minutes. Not they called forty minutes ago. Say what? No, 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 no. All the instructions are here, dude. Oh, drive north on the 405. That's right. Drive north on the 405. They'll call you in about 40 minutes. But, so wait, they called. Now, we are definitely back in. They called 80 minutes ago. I'm sorry. They called 80 minutes ago, not 40. This actually happens at 3132. But yeah, just, again, good thing. The dude wasn't knocked unconscious longer than he already was. Although maybe they're just waiting for him anyway. You know, nothing happens until he gets there because they can't spring their trap unless he's there. Who knows? And the whole, you know, they're very clear, just one person. I mean, it, it plays, you know, multiple roles here in the fact that it gives an excuse for Brant not to go. So it fills a logic gap there. Also, if Brant is really somehow behind this, that makes sense also. Yeah, and it. also, it gives a chance for you know more tension with Walter actually being there. That's so it serves, true. It serves multiple... It's a good plotting you know, that device. That detail like, does a whole bunch of stuff. Right. For the right. story. It's a multi-tool. Yeah. Like having a nice Gerber... On your side. Totally. 405 makes sense too because that's not so far away from uh, Beverly Hills. It's, uh, you know, west side of the city. It's probably five miles from the place. Get on the 405 and then you're driving up through the hills now, which would motivate, you know, sort of a. They are in a hilly region when the cyclists get the briefcase as sort yeah. of a more remote region. So 
tumbleweed probably came from this area more or less. Is there any chance that Subcheck security could be on the way though? They could be on the way. But Subcheck security, like he stops there on the way. Like how far out of the way did he have to go? Because he had to drive out there and then drive back to the four hundred five. Hmm. I suppose that's possible. But since we really don't know where these things are... Yeah, right. We're kind of making it up. Like, we might know where they physically are in the real world, but, like, where, you know, that was supposed to depict. Oh, that could be right next to the, you know, where you get on the 405. It's a game, you know, it's a game you want to play if you're familiar, like, intimately familiar with the geography of a location for a film. But ultimately, it serves no purpose to try to, like, debunk physical location inconsistencies. I guess. I would agree with that. It serves no purpose. It serves no no purpose, much like um, this podcast, I suppose. But who cares? It serves no purpose but to bring joy. <laughs> and that's enough. I did notice, and I noticed you noticed this also, is when Walter gets in and hands the ringer over to the dude, you can see a little bit of the underwear poking out. Yeah. The elastic did. band. I think you can see. Of some tidy white. It says Hanes. You can see Hanes. Yeah. You know, a whitey, a whitey pokey. Yep. A little whitey Again, pokey. just, you know, perhaps if you pick up on that detail which I certainly haven't until looking at this minute really closely but again it's just a you know foreshadowing of Walter's incompetence in this whole matter <laughs> right because he couldn't even like get all his undies in there out of sight even when he's pulling up in the parking lot you can see it sticking out oh can you? I didn't yes, know that which I just noticed now yeah you're right there <laughs> like, it is yeah you can see like, it Plain as day. Take the ringer. And you're pissed at the dude for not knowing what a ringer is. You got your undies hanging out of your ringer. Oh, man. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the background of once the dude and Walter get on their journey, they're in the car, they're driving, so now the shots are basically from the hood of the car facing each of them. And now this is different where the first time they were sitting in the car, this car that wasn't moving outside the bowling alley, it was as if the camera was in the center of the hood and was pivoting. P mm -hmm. Pan to the right, shoot Walter. Pan to the left, shoot the dude. Or vice versa, I guess. But this time, it's like for each of them, the camera is directly in front of them. Almost like they wanted to give equal weight to the scene, like to each character in the scene. Sure. I'll buy that. Like they, they weren't sure, and the audience isn't sure who's going to win this, or who's even in charge anymore. So it's like everybody gets the same real estate on screen. I'm just throwing that out. I'm making that up right now. That's not even what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the fact that they've like blurred out all these windows with like Vaseline or dirt or something to help make the background more indistinct because those are not 
car headlights or car taillights out there. Those are effects. Those are lights in a studio moving around. As are the lights on their faces that are moving around. Is it like a, uh, you know, Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Like there's lights on a yeah, on like little a, train track. A little train around. track. Exactly that. Exactly that. And my favorite topic, reflective surfaces, you can see a three-headlighted, what would have to be a, a car, I suppose, at 3250. A three-headlighted car reflected in both of his glasses because it's just you know lights lighting their face and lights pretending to be cars that they're moving around and walter he's this is a thing that always bothers me about people driving and i guess you just have to do it because subconsciously it satisfies some urge we have (laughs) as a viewer to see this happening but he's swinging the wheel to the left and the right the car the perspective is not changing out the back window, even though he's swinging the wheel around all over the place. But until you sit here and tear it to pieces, that never bothers you. Yeah. Well, I'm not even sure if it bothers me now. It's hard to figure out exactly. I mean, you're right. Like, I noticed that, too, looking at this minute. Like, his hand just kind of goes back and forth. Because they're just sitting in a parked like a car. Kid, like a child know? who you sit down in <laughs> right. a little, like, fake car toy like right. oh little drive Billy, drive and he starts like just putting the wheel back and forth right. i'm driving i'm driving i'm careening off the road this way veering off the road yeah. that way this is maybe just like one step above that it's one step above because they're just sitting in a little like fake car probably or even if it's a real car it's just sitting there and it's on like little uh like it something that's like fake car yeah people are like because there's the, no windshield and there are people uh, are bouncing it, you know? I don't think there is. If there is, it's very clean. Which is because another thing. you can like, see the lights. In the one shot of the dude, it's around 3250-something, 3255, 3257. You see, like, a reflection go over him, like, like across oh yeah yeah so it is there but other than that it's not there yeah that's what i was wondering because i'm picturing it's probably a real car it's probably the car you know but it's on a soundstage yeah and there's an intern or a pa on the you know fender the bumper like jumping up and down on it to make it rock a little bit and then Walter gets to like woo, 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 swing it back and forth because yeah, I'm he's, imagining he's I like concentrating imagine. more on his lines. Yeah. So I like to imagine that it's pretty much like there's like that front seat they're sitting in, and that's it. Like that's there's nothing. Nice. There's no dashboard even. I like, like, like a little I like a that. little like two by four with that steering wheel screwed into it. Right. Between Walter's legs. Like that's that's all you see. Like why do you need more than that? I like that. Let's well, the camera get right in, let's you light it. There's the windshield though. Which is, there is the windshield. If it was that, they wouldn't have the windshield there. No, you're That's right. That's why I think it's the car. Yeah, and you're probably right, because it's probably easier to just use the car they use in the other show. Yeah. But also an indictment of, like, the filthiness of all of the windows in the car, except the windshield, which is perfectly, pristinely crystal clear. And the other ones are all smudged up. Because they're just trying to enhance the blurred outness, so you can't tell that you know, 
For instance, the two tail lights behind Walter's left ear that should be receding into the distance are actually growing larger. <laughs> well, why should they be receding into the distance? Because they're tail lights. They're oh, going the opposite lights. direction. His left ear. Yeah, the red lights. This is at 3250, 3248 to 50, basically. <laughs> you know. But maybe it matters now. Maybe now that we see this, this scene sucks, but I don't matter. think. I don't think it matters. There's no, yeah. And these, these three headlighted cars are crazy. Which you would think, why not just do two lights? Since you know those are whatever little light setup you're doing there to motivate these lights, you're going to see the reflection. All kinds of lights in his glasses everywhere. But I'll say the play of like light and shadow and different colors of lights on their faces is pretty well motivated. You know, it's as if they're going under overpasses and trees and cars are passing them, and then the red light will come from behind and illuminate the sides of their faces. Sometimes Walter is in complete shadow and you can't even see his face. It's pretty good. It's just part of my never being able to understand how to shoot in a car at night. Because it's hard to make the it look whole, good. The whole separate discipline. It is an entirely separate discipline. Daunting. That's another one of those impossibly daunting tasks that starts to make me panic a little bit i think how about walter's look when so this is at uh, 3241 my dirty undies dude in the laundry the whites and he <laughs> opens his mouth and sticks his tongue out that's a mischievous no. sort of playful look that we don't get to see too often from walter no well this is him in his element he's in his element he's pure joy pure joy he is he's pulling off a caper <laughs> He's planning to beat someone up. <laughs> right. right. He's got an Uzi. He's got an Uzi. He has a ringer. He's got a ringer. He got to use a ringer. He probably fantasized about using ringers. And there he is. Yeah, he is in his element. It's almost like he's recapturing some of the Vietnam glory right now. And as, the, and as Walter gets more and more excited... More and more joy, the dude becomes more and more concerned. They're in perfect equilibrium. Yes. <laughs> Yin and Yang. Another Eastern thing. Are I, we good? I think I managed to get through a lot of my things. Uh, at 32.13, you can distinctly hear a Volkswagen bug drive by in the background, which the sound designer had to put in there like i want a bug driving by what i i don't understand i don't know that i could distinguish the sound of a bug well go to thirty-two thirteen, and you'll hear it drive by in the background and that's what a bug sounds like all right here we go i'm listening i might have heard what you're talking about well just think herbie goes bananas Right. Okay. So it's a VW bug back there. Very distinct sound. Someone will tell us that I'm wrong, but 
for now, I'm sticking to it. So I guess to answer your question, no, we're not good. So I said that. Also, the ghost of Thurston has made an appearance. Right. These doors are making a very, you know, Thurston-y sound. So we weren't crazy for thinking that was a thing last time. Like, they're still squeaking around. They do make very right. Thurston-like well, sounds. It's proof that these that it's not Thurston, I suppose. Right. But I have to say, because you hear it really clearly when very Walter clearly. opens the door to get in. And it does. If you isolated that, I don't know, I feel like if you played that to, like, ten people, seven, five to seven of them would say it's a dog. But maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just fooling myself. That's the curse of knowledge talking, I think. I don't know, about five to seven. I would say three to five. Well, at least some would. Wait, wait, would you give them choices? Or would you just say, what does that sound like? I might say, what does that sound? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know about that. Seems... Maybe. It's a little presumptive. But yes, to answer your question, I think I can rest easy now. And look on the bright side, it was under two hours. Yeah. So, could have been Hour worse. Hour 40 or I mean, so. I think that's a great time. It's a nice time. That's, that's right where we want to be. Slightly shorter than this entire movie. Which that occurred to me. Most of our episodes are almost as long as this entire movie. Yes. <laughs> Which goes, in ultimately, time I'm you, pleased and then depressed by that. But In the time you spent listening to this episode, you could have just watched the whole you movie again. You fucking assholes, you could have watched the movie. What are you doing? I think... You should not be going on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash guttercast. You should be watching the movie. You definitely shouldn't be clicking like. Don't like our Facebook page. It's inane. It's it's a really it's a time suck and a drain on your life. It's one of those things that doesn't add value. And don't go to gutterballs.tv or follow us on Twitter at guttercast. Another waste of time. And whatever you do for the love of Shomer Shabbos, please do not go to the Tumblr page, which you can find on Gutterballs TV if you were there, but you're not going to be. Which is, you see what happens, Lebowski.tumblr.com, right? Is that the first yes. time I got that right? I think you were correct on that. Beautiful. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, I think we hit all of the pertinent information. Um, we'll have to revisit the lily pads of mold. I don't want to forget that. Yes, we'll revisit that. I think, you know, again, we're going, we're going to be in this car with Walter and the dude. What, two more episodes? For at least two more episodes. I think more. Wow. And then we have the whole, you know, that's just the, the, them in the car. Then we have the whole, you know, they go over the bridge, things go south, all that. We have, yeah, we have a, Quite a few episodes, so I feel I don't feel so bad. I mean, I think we'll have enough time to delve into a lot of what's going on in this car. Okay, in terms excellent. Of the characters, well, you that, know what's happening here. So it's good. This is a good warm up to that. 
We'll really get into the meat of this whole scene, I think, uh, next episode. That's actually quite reassuring for me. So I don't have to worry about the fact that I failed to mention tooth on foot, algebra camp, seeing myself in the mirror, wrong pants, leg, mouse fort, seesaw toilets, child-made dinner, hookah cop, lily pads of mold, or large spaces. No, I talked about large spaces. Perfect. I can cross one off. But we can, yeah, but we can hit those up. We'll hit those up next time. Next time, that's what you've got to look forward to. Awesome. Perfect. All right, my friend. All right, Adam. Brad, always, always a pleasure. Even a if deep, it panics me occasionally. A deep, deep pleasure, Adam. All right, we'll see you next time, my friend. Next time on the Boop Deck. Next time on... Gutterball! You fucked it up! Her life was in our hands, man! Easy, dude. We're screwed now.